you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Dot com. What a presentation. I clearly should have, I miss my, I miss my calling as an opera singer. I don't know, some kind of crap, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, guys, the drill. It's the, another podcast. Welcome to it. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, to see the video version of this because it's much better than just listening because there's the eye element for your eyes. It's a new technology they have on youtube.com for chess Chris Voss. Hit the bell notification button. Go over to goodreads.com for chess Chris Voss. You can see all the things we're reading and reviewing over there. In fact, there's a giveaway for my book and the second book that should be coming out this week. You can get one of those, uh, Goodreads giveaways where you might win a free one. Who doesn't like winning? Some people don't. I don't know. It's up to you, really. Take your pick. Go to all the different groups we have. There's like a whole mess of them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, even one on TikTok for me and the Chris Voss Show. And you can, I don't know, see what we're doing over there. We're trying to keep up with all those crazy kids with their flipping fingers always doing all sorts of stuff. Today we have an amazing guest on the show with an amazing company. I think you're going to be interested in some of the things he's going to be talking about. Uh, We have Cameron McCarthy who's the CEO and co-founder of WeStocks, which is a Techstars-backed company that makes it easier for shoppers to vote for products they want to see in stores. Maybe you guys can start working in the government. We need more voting or something like that, too. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, Cameron. How are you? And welcome. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Chris. I, I appreciate it. There you go. There you go. Give us a kind of a historical background on yourself. What got you uh, into the business or the arena that you're currently in and uh, got you motivated to start this company? Yeah. Again, thanks again for having me. I have a little background on myself is I've, before I started this company, I have a background in CPG and retail. So for the mm-hmm. past several years, I was a sales director for multiple different brands, always on the CPG side of things. So working for really large um, and emerging food and beverage brands, helping them get onto retail uh, shelves, open up new accounts, and really expand their business. Before starting this company, I was actually the sales director for what at the time was the fastest growing hummus brand in the country. Took that brand to about 7,000 stores nationwide. Really love the product, great team, great experience. But at the same time, it brought up a ton of pain points in the industry and a lot of issues. The biggest issue being was I actually started that job on a Monday. That Sunday, we were on Shark Tank. So my first day on the job, we had thousands of customers basically asking us, (laughs) where can I find this product? How can I support you? It was just mayhem, right? And we had no way to show retailers like Target and Walmart and Whole Foods like, hey, there's people that want to see this product in stores. Like They're asking for it. You should really carry it. So we turned to a paper request form, which sounds really archaic, and it is. And we asked people to fill it out and bring it into local stores. And we were oh, shocked wow. by the results. So we opened up Target. We opened up Safeway uh, and a handful of other uh, retailers because customers were physically going into the store saying they wanted to see our product. And we were opening up those accounts shortly after. That's now, wild. Yeah, no, it was it old was, school. It's very old school, very kind of boots on the ground, guerrilla marketing campaign, but it works. But I would say... It works, but also a lot of customers were like, you want me to do what? I'm not going to go out like 
to my store, fill this out, print out a form and bring it into a local store. That seems like a lot of work. And so it really allowed me to step back and be like, okay, what's the issues here? What is working in terms of, okay, consumer demand's working. These requests are working once it does get to the right person inside the store. But the whole process is really outdated and not made for brands that are really growing predominantly online. Met my co-founder, decided to launch WeStock in 2019. And really high level, you did a good job encapsulating at the beginning of the show. We make it really easy for shoppers to vote on their favorite products that they want to see at local stores. We do that by providing a SaaS product basically to emerging and large CPG brands, mostly again, like food and beverage brands that plugs into their website, their social media, their newsletter, basically anywhere where they're engaging with customers. And then we can see, okay, Susan shop in, in the New York area. She shops at Whole Foods. She likes keto products. And she wants to see this product on her shelf. And then we get all that data back to the brand and to the store so that they can expedite product placement and getting that new product um, on the shelf. That's pretty awesome. You know, one of my favorite brands is Hint Water. And I like the caffeine version, but I can't find it anywhere. And I actually founded it, a, a local shop here. And I bought every single one off the shelf on purpose. Oh, my friend Carr is going to enjoy this. I bought all of them on purpose so that it would trigger their reorder. So they would be like, oh, wow, somebody bought out all the caffeine (laughs) versions of Hint Water. (laughs) And during it, I cannot get those guys to refill it. I think she's, I think she's uh, production or something because I've tried to buy it on her website too. And I think with the way everything going on, the way it's going on, but that's the thing where I was like trying to vote for what I wanted. And I remember Walmart said years ago when they were talking about organics, this is 10 years and 60 minutes ago or something. And they were like, if people vote with their dollar and they vote uh, for what the products that they want, we'll, we'll ship them. And then they, they put more organic stuff in. So I think this is really cool. What's a CPG brands for those are maybe the layman in the audience that aren't familiar with that terminology. Yeah. And apologies. I hate when people use industry terms and then don't describe what they are. It's like, uh, it's not like investment banking that I'm doing over here. So CPG is like consumer packaged goods. So any product that you're going to find in your grocery store, in your a big box retailer like a, like a Walmart or a Target, any product that's essentially wrapped inside of the store is going to be a consumer packaged good product. So it doesn't matter if it's a pet food, a health and beauty item, a food and beverage product, that's essentially a CPG product or the CPG industry. Wow. So now the, the what's the what's the dot .com on it? It's not a dot .com, is it? What's the URL for the website? Yeah, so you can find our information at WeStock.io. The cool thing with consumers, though, like you're not going to find WeStock really coming to, to WeStock. You're going to probably find us by coming through another brand. So mm-hmm. we work with over 450 brands. And like I mentioned, explaining what WeStock is, you'll usually engage with a brand on social media, like Instagram or Twitter, or you'll be a part of their newsletter, or maybe you'll hear about it from word of mouth. And then you'll go to their website and that's where you'll see a WeStock link on their site. So we're a plugin that sits in with their um, site. So they do all the hard work by creating that brand trust with the end consumer. And then we capture where that customer shops. And then what we do is we were able to notify that customer then when the product's available at the local store, when it's on promotion, and then we allow that brand to have a one-on-one relationship based off of the store that they shop at. But the cool thing then is we we have about, I would say, a little bit over 90,000 shoppers that we've captured so far to date. Mm-hmm. So we now introduce our shoppers to all of our products, and we're really a platform for product discovery for them oh, wow. to be able to find new products and earn promotions and things like that. That helps both you and your clients out because it makes you pretty centrally viable then. 
Yeah, I mean, it gives us a community element. And so yeah. for us, like our, our long-term goal is to really have the biggest audience of hungry and motivated shoppers in, in the country here over the next few years. So it's it's been good. And I would say if you're a consumer listening to this um, you know, this podcast, check out app.westock.io. That's going to bring you to like our um, landing page for all of our different brands. And you're going to mm. be able to discover thousands of new products there. I think this is brilliant because there's so much stuff that I want. I have a favorite coffee that I just switched to called Devil's Mountain. I, I actually getting paid for this. And uh, it was referred to me by Rolo Tomasi and uh, on his YouTube channel. And I, he was like, I'm drinking Devil. It has highest caffeine. I thought I was drinking the highest caffeine. But I love the product, but I can only mail order it from the things. And I'm like, I want it local. And just like the Hint Water example, I want, I love to get a notification when the, my store gets caffeine. I actually go, I have an issue with caffeine. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> so you guys pioneered this concept platform called crowd stocking. What is that? And uh, is that against the law to stock some? Oh, what do you mean crowd stocking? Yeah, no, for us, like what we've been really testing, right, is the, the whole, we stock as a company, but really the terminology of what we're trying to do is crowd stocking. And, and we own that word. And, and it's really about like, off the backs of crowdsourcing, right? We're cultivating all these different points of consumer demand. We're seeing what customer, where customers shop, what products they're interested in, all these different data points. And then the consumer is really owning uh, what that shelf looks like. So the data that we're providing to the retailer and the brand should hopefully make their store reflect the products that they want to see. And that's what crowd stocking is. And now we're taking it a step further. We actually have pilots that are live in both Denver and New York with certain grocery stores where we actually own shelf space inside of the store. And it's it's 100% curated by the customers that shop in that store. So we're cultivating all those data points. We're then seeing what products they want on the shelf. We're getting those items stocked within two weeks, and then we're notifying the customers in the area. So it's really, again, like making it so you control your whole shopping journey. So you would go into the store and you would see all the coffee you want to see because all those requests would reflect what you wanted to see on the shelf. And this also helps stores, right? Right. It allows them to bring in new shoppers. It allows them to create... Go shop. I'm getting a notification that I'm going to make an extra trip to Walmart. 100%. And I think too, like coming out of COVID, the last 18 months was how can I get out of the grocery store fast (laughs) enough? And like now stores are really focused on how can we keep you in the store for longer? Because that's where you find new items, you buy more products, you get a larger, what we call basket size, and then they're really happy. And so for us, we're really focused on those key elements. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of startups playing around in like the 10 minute, 15 minute delivery space. Like we don't believe in that. Like we're all about curation and product discovery and taking your time and and you voting with your dollar is a very serious thing. So yeah, we're super excited and and hopefully crowd stocking we think is like the next local, right? You're going to go into your store. You're going to ask them where the crowd stocking set is, or you're going to ask them if they participate in crowd stocking and they're going to Mm -hmm. show you where that set would be. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because there's something worse than I hate than when I go to the store and I'm looking forward to buying that one brand and they're always out of it. Like my my local Walmart has a real problem with keeping, it used to keep, keep being basil, the pre-made basil. I grow it now, but the pre-made basil. And I used to go in there, I used to complain every time. It was nice. I just would say to the produce people, hey, you know, every time I go in here, you're always out of basil. Buy some more at your Walmart. You've got the cash. But no one ever listened to me. I Mostly I was telling an employee and some manager, some faraway office probably doesn't care. Yeah. Chris Foss thinks, but I think this is important because it brings the power, the power of the purchase kind of back to me. 
Because I think, yeah, I'm not sure this is what they actually think at the grocery store. But like, oh, if you can't find that, he'll buy the other brand. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> we won't worry about it. But no, really, like, I, I, I will go to a different store. I don't, I imagine there's other shoppers like me. If I don't find, there's a certain type of jam that I love to buy. It's a nice expensive jam. If I don't find that at that store, they're out of it. I'm going to go to another store to get one. Out. And that loses sales for the current store, right? Yeah. There's a crazy stat that every year there's about 167 billion dollars that's lost in sales Uh because you go into the store and you walk out with an item that you were looking for, but that they didn't carry. So it is a huge problem. And the stores are really just guessing, right? Like they have their, the way that it works is that there's a buyer who then makes all the purchases for either a region or an entire chain. They've got about 90% of their budget that's already set for the year. So that's to buy Downey and Coca-Cola and Pepsi and those brands that they know are going to they're going to carry, but then they have 10% to play with and bring on new items. And that's fun, but that's also a really volatile part. And a lot of those brands end up failing. So if we can show consumer support for those brands, and then we can alert customers that those products are now available, that allows that buyer to do a much better job. It allows the consumer to have a really personalized experience. And then it allows the brand to succeed once they do get into that store. And I'll say too, it's not just about finding what you want to find, right? If your neighbor just went to Italy and they tried a, a, a coffee brand and they want to get into into that store that you also shop. Now you're interested in, oh, this is what Mike across the street's been talking about. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. So it's really that community element to it as well that we're trying to build out. Almost social media shopping, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's for sure. Right. There's definitely a social aspect to it. Barbara bought the, it's like next door, only it's for groceries. It's like, <laughs> Barbara just bought that jam from Italy. We should go buy it. You got to keep up with the Joneses, right? There you go. Um, yeah, that's a whole new creep show of uh, keeping up with the Joneses. Instead of buying the boats and stuff, you're like, what's in their refrigerator? We need to get the same stuff. Yeah, people are, people are religious about their grocery <laughs> shopping and their, and their products in their fridge, man, so. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to buy that brand anymore. We're going to buy the more expensive brand because we got to show Barbara. I don't know. I'm just jokes <laughs> here. So does that pretty much cover through what we stock in the, the crowdsourcing platform offers uh, CPG brands and consumers? Is there anything else we need to touch on there? Yeah, that's really it. Again, if you're a consumer listening to this, check out app.wesock.io. On the brand side, check out wesock.io. We'd love to have you on board. We do a free 30-month trial. Mm -hmm. We've got 450 brands on the platform. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Again, it's just all consumer-focused, and we think that's the future of retail. The power of the consumer comes back. That would be awesome. Right. <laughs> What's awesome. the oldest adage in retail, right? The customer's always right. We're always like saying, like, why don't we listen to them? And that's what we try to do. Maybe they should give me one of those. You see the guy going around the store with a little stocking thing, and he shoots the stuff that needs reorder. <laughs> you should give me one of those. And I can just go, hey, I need more of these. Give me more of these. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it builds it to my account or something. You put your credit card in there and... I don't know. I think I just invented something. So how did you come to know this is an important tool for CPG companies and get brands on shelves and for consumers to find the brand? Yeah, I think for us, like what we, going back to the, the brands that we have on the platform, we did a lot of kind of research and had a lot of conversations with brands. What we saw is no matter from day one, whether it's they're setting up shop at a farmer's market or they're testing it out in their kitchen. Brands are usually getting experiences, they're getting feedback from customers and they're creating what they would call like their tribe. The issue is as they scale and they grow that tribe or that audience, it's really hard to scale their retail store count with that. And a lot of times they'll grow their online audience much faster than they grow their retail footprint. So for us, it's okay, well, 
we're here really from your journey from day one to see where your customers shop, turn those insights into actionable data so that as your audience is growing, your store count and your distribution can grow as well. And then just really testing that over the last three years and making sure that it's stuck and seeing the retention we have across of our customers. And and really, you know, the, the product today is not what it was three years ago. So we've continued to iterate and that's really what's led to the success so far. And then on the consumer side, really now it's just starting to dabble with making the consumer happy, right? Like consumers don't know what WeStock is, nor should they really at this point. The brands are really our customers. But now we have these 90,000 customers. We know where they shop. We know what kind of products they're interested in. Um, and we want to be able to bring them not only the product that they came there to make a request for, but other awesome items so that we can really benefit the whole community. So really in the testing out phase with that, with that second component, but the early signs are pretty good. Yeah. I like how you guys are attacking this. And there's a lot of benefits to everybody in the game, whether it's the uh, brand or the consumer or even the store. If I own a store, I'd be like, what? There's like a social media crowd site that will send everybody my thing. Let's make those guys happy. Give them an aisle. I don't know. For sure. That's yeah. Cool. That's, and I think too, like we see like the, I keep going back to grocery because it's a big focus of ours, but like you go into a Whole Foods right now or even a Walmart or Target, you're going to see a lot of third-party shopper app shoppers inside of there, right? So mm -hmm. people shopping for you for delivery apps or for pickup apps, and it's not a great experience anymore for the shopper. And so you're in there doing your own personal shopping with other people that are shopping for other people. So we think in the future, those shoppers will probably go to a distribution center or a warehouse to do the shopping. Stores are going to get much smaller and more focused on curation, and we really want to be there for that you know, kind of movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I do if I have access to that? I'm going to go for more of those pizza sample booths at Costco <laughs> on Saturdays. There's like needs to be more because if there's just like one of those, you can't even get near it because everyone's surrounding it. So that would be my vote. That's where my vote's going. Pizza booths. Yeah, that's, that's how you know we're coming out of the pandemic a little bit now is that you know, Costco's starting to sample again. So that's always I good. haven't cough on it before they hand it to me. We're, we're over it. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, is there anyone else doing this crowd stocking? No, we're the first ones playing in the space. You never like to say that you're like the only person doing it. There's obviously a few people that are, are doing similar things in terms of getting relevant data to emerging brands and selling um, to our the you know, same customer base, but no one's really attacking the same value proposition. The biggest thing for us is we really serve the customer, the brand, and the retailer. And usually most companies just go after one of those things. It makes our lives incredibly harder, but hopefully in the long term, it'll allow us to have a better competitive advantage. I think it's brilliant too. I know uh, women control most of the spending in this country, like 90, 95%. And I know they're very particular. Like if you, if they want a brand or yeah, if they want a brand, then they're like, we want this one. If you've ever gotten a list from your girlfriend or wife, you, you're like, okay, I got to get the exact stuff. So this is brilliant because they can go find what they want. And since they're such loyal buyers, this is a, a great system for them. What's next for your company, We Stock? We're heading into kind of uh, year, um, it'll be what will be year three here coming up. So obviously mm -hmm. the pandemic year was difficult and we had to alter our plans and just make sure we you know, survived as a company. The last year has been better and, and now we're really focused on, on kind of 2022 growth. I think for us, like we're really focusing on the product and making sure that we're providing the best product possible to our brands. I think I'm a sales-based founder and I came from sales and that whole um, CPG side of things. So 
being focused on product has always been foreign to me, but we've really been heads down and focused on product over the last three months. So we're excited about that and really just continuing to iterate on that component of it. And then the second part of it is just that consumer element. So we just launched a newsletter, provides a curated uh, list of brands that we think customers might like that goes out every single two weeks to our thousands of customers. So we're really excited about that. We just launched promotional codes so that our customer bases can access and sample and try new products online before supporting them in store. So a lot of just benefits to those you know, two bases, consumers and brands are on the horizon for us. Awesome. I, I like that. What are your, Who are some of your clients, if you don't mind dropping some names? Yeah, so we work with really big and well-known brands, so like Yingling, which is the kind of the oldest America's oldest brewery. Uh, we work with Utz Chips, which uh, I'm sure if you went into any grocery store, you'll see an Utz Chips brand. We also work with like Chomps, which is the fastest growing like meat stick and jerky company. And then we work with a lot of great emerging brands. I would say about 50% of our brands do under a million dollars in sales a year. So those are the cool brands, right? Where they're just starting to catch uh, on. They're just really iterating on something really cool. And we love to be a part of those stories really early on. But again, a lot of great food and beverage brands, a lot of great celebrity brands too, that are always fun to to work with. And yeah, the brands are our lifeblood. We wouldn't be anywhere without them. Yeah. It's, one of the challenges I have too at my local stores is I'll find a brand that I like and then they'll run out of it. And then I'm always going to like, when, when I find something I really love, or maybe I see something on Amazon that's really highly rated. And I'm like, I really want that. I wonder if it's local. I'm always going to people's websites, brands, websites, and trying to see if they have one of those where we sell our products locally. Like here's the stores that you can go to locally and you can put in your zip code. And I love websites that have that, but not all brands have that sort of website set up where you can, you know, put in your zip code and they'll be like, oh, you can go down to your local XYZ and pick up this thing. And so sometimes it's like hunt and peck. It's like, I don't know, I guess I'll drive over to the one place over there and see and then drive over there. And every now and then I'll discover something. I'll be like, oh my gosh, they, they have it here now. And consumers look for that stuff. I've done a lot because I'm real particular about what I buy and the quality of something. And so trying to find it, especially if it's in other stores or other different, you got sometimes you got to different brands stores and stuff. But this is pretty cool. I love what you guys are doing. And I uh, imagine uh, within tomorrow, Microsoft and Amazon will also be doing crowd stock. <laughs> like it. This will be the newest thing like NFTs, right? Maybe. There you go. Yeah. I would say going back to your point, it's tough for brands because you know what you're referencing a store locator, they're actually really expensive. They can be like mm -hmm. tens of thousands of dollars a year for a brand. Oh. And so the way that distribution works, right, is you sell into a distributor and sometimes you don't actually have visibility as the brand into mm -hmm. what stores you're actually being sold into. So if I run this canned water company, I might not actually know how many stores I'm actually in. So I can't actually mm -hmm. update that. So there's a lot of blind mm -hmm. spots. So it's a big problem and, and you're kind of not the only one probably dealing with it um, for mm -hmm. sure. It's definitely a widespread issue. And then the other issue too is when you want to go try and buy that product online, it's usually really expensive to try a product online. There's high shipping yeah. costs. Shipping, You've yeah. got to buy 12 units instead of just one. Um, maybe a lot of people are worried about like the, the, um, environment in terms of ordering uh, different products online. So there's a lot of various issues. So buying in store and trying in store is still the best way. Although you would think from the press and the news coverage that DTC direct to consumer and in e-commerce is taking over everything, most shopping still happens in store. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's actually nice to go to the store and kind of wander around a little bit, as long as people stay away from me. But that probably won't ever go away because I didn't like people near me before the pandemic. Come to think of it, I didn't like people at all before the pandemic. And I still don't. So there's that. <laughs> 
so this is pretty awesome. I think it's brilliant what you guys have done. Any advice you want to give to someone looking to start a company, knowing the space, having passion or experience, or what are some of your thoughts on people who want to launch a company? I, I would say it's very tough. And I think the one thing that people don't mention is how lonely it is. Like it's, you just feel like you're on an island by yourself, isolated from friends, family, everything. So I would say unless you're a hundred percent committed to the idea, and I don't just mean believe in it, I mean like you love it and you feel somewhat painful thinking that this can't exist in the, in the world, you're probably not going to have the fortitude to push forward and through all the bad stuff, because that's the thing. Like you're, you're going to probably have more bad days than good. You just have to immensely be able to process that and understand, Hey, this is part of the process. I need to push forward. And so unless you really love or believe in what you're pushing forward, that's, it's going to be tough to get to that end goal. And, and I'm very far away from getting to that end goal. I'm still in that, Hey, there's a lot more worse days than good, but I think believing in what we're doing, helps get you to that point. Definitely, definitely. I was laughing because I've, I've owned my own companies and worked for myself since I was 18, so I know the struggle. <laughs> Sometimes I just, hey, can we get somebody to clean some up? Oh, shit, it's just me, man. I used to joke, even when I had like 100 plus employees, I would be the one that would pick stuff up off the floor. Or there's a paper or something. And you're always thinking about a lawsuit. You're like, I should probably pick that up. Some attorney time. And, and I always tell people, I'm the CEO and the janitor, it seems. So there you go. It, it is a lonely business. It's hard. I think people don't realize it, it, but it's one of the greatest self-actualizing things. I think it makes you grow up and self-actualize better than anything else in the world. That's my opinion of it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's definitely, there's no failure when you're starting, even if the company shuts down, because like, your network probably grew a lot. Mm -hmm. you're, you're just learning, I think, your education. like Everything really grows during the process. We could shut it down tomorrow, and I still wouldn't you know, have any regrets on, on what we did. So I definitely think it's worth the plunge. I would just say it's going to be much better if you're not so about an idea or on the fence about an idea. You're like, this is the idea. I got to push forward, and it's that, that kind of commitment is going to help. You got to have that thing that you just fall in love with that you have drive for and you just want to do it and kick butt. And you just, I struggled with some of my companies because they were just investments and just trying to care about them. Just, I didn't really care about them. I cared about the money and the investment, the return and being the CEO and getting stuff done. But a lot of times I'm just like, people be like, it's great that you're passionate about this company. And I'm like, I hate this company. I hate everything <laughs> we do. I just do it for the chess game and the strategy. Yeah. So they kind of, and, and the last time I checked, I get paid for this, for that. But yeah, having something you're passionate about, that you love, that you can see the vision for, there's nothing like it, man. It's all the juice when you find it. Congrats to you. I think this is wonderful. I think this is a really interesting space that you're at. And wow, crowd stocking. I learned a new term today. I'm just really catching up on what NFTs are. And I, still <laughs> I still don't know. Yeah, Maybe you got to shout it from the rooftops. So yeah, yeah. we're we're open to to build it out. And if you ever need, like, I'm starting to dabble in NFTs. So I'm starting to slightly get it. So <laughs> I don't know. It seems I don't know. MF, NFT, MLM. I don't know. Some <laughs> that's just a joke. People, I know what M or NFTs are and MLMs. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Give us your plugs one more time, Cameron, so people can find you guys on the interwebs and learn more about you guys. Yeah, WeStock.io is going to be the best place uh, for brands. App.WeStock.io is going to be the best place for consumers. Our YouTube channel is probably the best place to find a lot of information about us, a lot of videos and, and how-tos. Uh, so just type in WeStock into YouTube. And then you can check out our Instagram too. Our handle is just underscore WeStock. So those are all the places you can find us. I'm available at Cameron at WeStock.io. And yeah, appreciate the time, Chris. 
There you go. I appreciate you coming by and giving us some advice and telling us about this. We're probably, man, crowd stalking. Now I gotta, now I gotta think about that some more. Otherwise, everybody will be like, "Hey, did you ever hear about crowd stalking? It's the latest thing." And I'll be like, "Darn it, we were early in that." <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Cameron, for being here. We certainly appreciate you spending some time. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. There you go. Uh, guys, go to goodreads.com for just Chris Vosh. You can see everything I'm reading and reviewing over there, all the different authors we're interviewing. Go to youtube.com for just Chris Vosh. Hit the bell notification. You see all the wonderful videos we're doing. Go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those different places. Oh, and if you're not aware yet, we recently got access like two days ago to the LinkedIn newsletter feature. And there's, I think, 2,000 people that have signed up in the last 24 hours. If you get a chance, go check out our LinkedIn newsletter. That's the newest thing. And this will, this you'll probably be going out in the next couple of days over that, Cameron. But there's the pressure of that. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. LinkedIn newsletter. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. And we'll see you guys next time.